Welcome to the Denton's Employment and Labor Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Walsh. I'm a partner and lawyer in the Denton's Employment and Labor Group. This is the third and final episode in our Investigations in the Workplace series. For this series, I'm joined by Jenny Wong, an associate in our Labor and Employment Group from Denton's Edmonton office. Jenny will be guiding the direction of the discussion and I'll be sharing my expertise. Welcome again to the podcast, Jenny. Thanks, Allison. The first part of the series addressed preliminary matters relating to workplace investigations. And the second part discussed the considerations relevant to conducting the actual investigation. Today, let's turn to the investigation report and possible outcomes and consequences. The investigator should have maintained an organized file. At the conclusion, this file can be used for drafting the investigation report. Can you advise what should be included in this file? So your investigation file is going to include any written documentation of the complaint and any response you receive. The file should also include any documents or other evidence that you've gathered in the course of your investigation. You should keep your interview notes here. Um, these are gonna be your interview notes with the complainant, the respondent, and any witnesses. And then once you've concluded your investigation and prepared your investigation report, that report will also form part of your investigation file. On the topic of investigation report, what should be its contents? At the minimum, the investigation report is going to contain a summary of the allegations that led to your investigation. You also want to include a brief outline of the investigation process you followed. You want to include a summary of the evidence that you gathered. So this is going to be a summary of any evidence you gathered with respect to witness interviews, as well as documents that you've reviewed. Then you want to form your conclusions based on the evidence that you've collected and also outline the reasons you had for making those conclusions. You always want to make sure your conclusions are based on the appropriate standard of proof, which is a balance of probabilities. Are there any common mistakes that investigators should be aware of while drafting the report? So a number of common mistakes that we often see in terms of people drafting investigation reports include failing to understand the legal basis that underlines their investigation. A very common mistake that we see is just by the fact that someone didn't intend to discriminate or intend to offend, that doesn't mean discrimination or harassment didn't occur. Another common mistake is failing to follow your own workplace policies, failing to address all the allegations that were in the complaint, as well as failing to explain how you formed your conclusions. For example, you know, how did you resolve credibility issues or how did you resolve an issue with respect to contradictory evidence? After the investigation report is completed, it's provided to the employer for their review and consideration. Based on the findings, the employer has to decide what is a suitable response. What are some possible outcomes of the investigation? There are many possible outcomes depending on the nature of the complaint as well as the findings of the investigation. If the investigation finds that the complaint is substantiated, consequences can range from an apology or counseling. It can be a change in duties, reporting relationship or work location, all the way up to more serious disciplinary action, including termination of employment. If a complaint was made against a customer or a third party contractor or supplier, the consequences may be no longer using that individual or third party. On the other hand, if the complaint is not substantiated or perhaps your findings are inconclusive, the employer will have to consider whether action is still required in order to manage the ongoing relationship between the parties. 
In this situation, an employer may request that both parties review applicable workplace policies. Finally, if you determine that the investigation was false or even made in bad faith, it may be appropriate for the employer to take disciplinary action against the complainant. After the employer has reached their conclusion, how should they communicate this to the parties? After decision is made, meetings should be scheduled with both the complainant and respondent separately to advise them of the outcome of the investigation. I wouldn't recommend that you share the investigation report with either, either parties as it's likely going to disclose much more information than is necessary. Instead, a letter can be provided to the parties outlining the conclusions and any corrective action that the employer is taking, if any. Do you have any last comments with respect to post-investigation considerations? As we've already indicated a number of times, it's always important at this point to caution the parties against any reprisal and remind them that any reprisal could result in discipline. You also want to encourage the parties to promptly advise you should they experience any reprisal. Lastly, if there's any other recommendations in the investigation report, you should make sure that you're working to implement them. And if you choose not to implement those recommendations, you should also document the reasons why you came to that decision. Thanks, Allison. To wrap up today's podcast, what do you consider to be the key takeaways or the core principles of an effective investigation? So there's a number of things that an investigator should always keep in mind in the course of conducting an investigation. Firstly, make sure you're complying with all the company's policies and any legal requirements. Secondly, remember to give all the parties an opportunity to be heard and to consider all relevant evidence. Thirdly, always remember to be impartial. Do not formulate any conclusions before the investigation is completed. And lastly, a good self-check for any investigator to ask themselves is, what would a judge or adjudicator think if they scrutinized everything I did? Well, that concludes our three-part series on workplace investigations. Thanks to everyone for joining us today. And we encourage you to reach out to us with any questions you have about workplace investigations or other employment-related matters. Denton's is a global legal practice providing client services worldwide through its member, firms, and affiliates. This episode is not designed to provide legal or other advice, and you should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content please see Dentons.com for legal notices. Mm -hmm.